What up, family? It's your man, Hugh Holler, and you are now rocking with the most in-depth show in hip-hop. Yo, what's good, y'all? It's your boy, BRM. Hey, yo, this is D-Rock. What's good? This is your boy, Intellect. Yo, what up, everybody? This is Mitch Terrell. What's up, everyone? This is Lexi Nirvana. What's good, everybody? This your boy, TC, and you rocking with the bookkeeper, 24-7 podcast, whose hands always on that plow. So keep it tuned in, because we in the field, man. Changing the culture for God. Let's go. tbk247.com welcome to behind the mic podcast with my husband and your host daryl kemp behind the mic podcast is where we dig into the latest projects and more with some amazing artists today in episode five we have a special treat for you daryl sits down with the talented christian rap artist desi yates as we embark on a unique journey into the world of music, art, and inspiration. In this candid conversation, Desi opens up about fatherhood and the impact of the music parents allow their children to listen to. Discover the heartfelt story behind his song, Seen It All Before, where his wife played a pivotal role in its creation and the profound inspiration behind the entire album. But that's not all. We also explore the fascinating aspects of graffiti culture and how they tie into the theme of graffiti blues. Also, uncover the unexpected influence of Pokemon in Desi's music. It's a unique blend of themes that adds depth to his already innovative style. As a bookkeeper 247 bonus, you'll get a sneak peek into our host, Daryl Kemp's upcoming novel entitled Bloodlines of Redemption, The Pamela Douglas Story, which promises an exciting journey into the world of literature. Don't miss this particular episode of Behind the Mic Podcast with Daryl Kemp and Desi Yates. Subscribe for more engaging content and hit that notification bell to stay updated. It's time to go behind the scenes of Graffiti Blues and into the heart and soul of Desi Yates. Thank you, Desi Yates, for stopping by our show. Without further delay, Without further delay, let's, let's go. Fresh up in the building.
forget being the best. I'm Palatown's greatest, steadily navigating through these shark infested waters. The playlist, they play it. Only give cheese and queso can liven up their Venmo accounts. Ain't trying to hate though. Uh, when I started back in 07, I was pinning for the sake of being heard. In 11, I dropped a mixtape showcasing what I learned. Passing out CDs that I burned, taking turns. Spreading the hope like fleas, did it with ease. When sleaze was the obvious route, I told him please. Still the same half of 30 years later with a switch sign names if it's only for the paper. Remain true under pressure, seen trends from the mixtapes blog to the current that we in. Still the currents never move my intentions, keeping it coolie, coolie, coolie to the thousand dimensions. Magic like I'm a Grady. Insult me, I keep it calm and collected. Still, you gon' patience. Refusing like I was Daniel's associate in the fire. Worship the mighty king of the kings. You ain't Messiah. Promise to take you higher than planes. Lyrics insane. I pen lyrics in pain. That's umbrellas for rain. Sunshine for minds. I'm brainstorming the next move. The marathon is constant. Rapping in chess moves. Step in the room. Raise the temp like a thermos. Yeah, the way my tongue clicks in its shoes. Just put your burners back. They giving Grammys to who? I ain't concerned with that. It's kids laying out in the streets. Praying for firmer backs, clinging to wisdom, treasure her precious rubies. Yeah. For peanuts, these groupies get Snoopy, throw the booty. Okay. Uh, dirty Diana make the strongest man woozy. Too many kings relinquish the throne because of coochie. But not me. of graffiti blues is uh, it originally was going to be an, an idea for a comic book that I had where um, and that is based on a video game that I really like that's called Jet Set Radio Future and Jet Set is Jet Set Radio and Jet Set Radio Future there are these games where it takes hip hop culture like rap alternative kind of like underground punk rock culture it mixes it with um graffiti skate culture and like there are these rebellious kids that that kind of go around the city and spray graffiti and tag and they beef with one another like they have different street gangs but they're kind of you know bucking against the man and then jet set radio future is kind of like the game that takes place somewhat into the future and i just really like that game i like the art style i like the um the video game and the premise of it where like you know they really were fighting back through graffiti they were dancing in it and they were fighting back with their music and so graffiti blues was inspired by that because graffiti is an art form of hip-hop that i believe is so well known it just just gets it just gets taken for granted everybody uses it everybody likes graffiti they think it's cool but it's technically considered vandalism nobody really wants to respect it. if you get caught spraying and you go to jail obviously and then it's one of those parts of hip-hop that nobody really cares about um and then the blues aspect comes into where like graffiti is such a beautiful thing at times and it speaks about a lot of stories and it speaks about a lot of things that are going on in different communities and it's a voice of people it's an art form it's an escape but it's like people don't really take a notice like nobody ever stops and asks who made that graffiti who made that who made those murals and as an artist 
it feels like that's what my whole career has been. It feels like it's been graffiti that's been in the background that people say is dope. People like it. People appreciate it. But um, nobody ever really takes the time to be like, man, well, who are you or what do you do? And so it's like, you know, graffiti blues as if the graffiti could sing the blues. And so um, that's that's just, a, a, it's, it's an idea, you know, um, me fighting hard for what I believe in. And even as a believer, yeah, as Christians, you know, we're just, we're the salt of the earth. We're all these different things, but sometimes it can just feel like we're graffiti on the wall that nobody cares about. We just skip over and it's like, we we're, we're we're crying out about certain things and we're talking about whatever so i just wanted to create a mixtape series where i'm just kind of releasing all my music that i've made in this graffiti blues series where um it's me speaking out and then from the storyline of the average hero I'm just an average everyday person that has a superpower so to speak which is my music and i'm i'm, I'm fighting back with it you know, and, you know, graffiti is kind of like the rebellious thing. If you see on the front cover, the character has a graffiti can. And so graffiti is just that rebellious. I'm, I'm going to fight back. I'm going to I'm going to do what I have to do in order to be heard. You know, even though there's some people who don't want to hear me. So that's loosely it's a loose concept. And um, that's where the whole concept of graffiti blues come from. Hello and welcome to the Bookkeeper 247 podcast, where we explore the intersection of faith and culture through the lens of Christian hip hop. I'm your host, Daryl Kemp. And today we have with us a special guest, Desi Yates. As we go on forward with this segment called Behind the Mic, today we'll be discussing Desi's latest album, Graffiti Blues. Desi Yates, welcome to the podcast, my brother. Thank you so much. I, I greatly appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And and everybody that follow us and to our new family members out there listening, we know Desi has been on the show before and blessed us. And he's back today with this, man, I don't even know a, a, a adjective to describe this album, Graffiti Blues, right? So he's back with this... Uh, <laughs> With this great album, we're going to discuss Graffiti Blues, his latest latest hit album that he blesses us in this space with. Well, thank you so much. Uh, you using all them big words to describe it, man, and I just <laughs> I can't I, I can't I, I, I have a hard time receiving it. <laughs> yes, sir. So for the family that wasn't here with us uh, before when we interviewed you, Desi, where are you from? I am from Columbus, Georgia, but right now I live in Phoenix, Arizona. And so it's quite the jump. So um, I'm born and raised in Columbus, Georgia, lived there all the way up until about 2020. And then we moved out here and I've been in Phoenix for about three years. And man, when I tell you, it's, it's something different out here. Mm, besides the heat, what what is that the biggest difference? <laughs> yeah, it's the heat. I mean, I don't know if anybody can get used to 119 degrees from like May <laughs> until now. Like it's still hot outside. But the culture is also amazing. There's a there's a vast amount of culture here compared to back home. You know, there are a lot of people from different places. We live close to Arizona State University. There are people from like India. There are people from japan korea china there are all these different cultures that are around here and you you get a chance to meet those people and connect with those people man i think that's awesome me i'm a military brat so i think that's awesome and i think that to be honest we ought to have more areas 
in the United States like that. Yes, man, it's quite yes, the melting pot, and the food is off the chain. And the food, oh my gosh, <laughs> I have become a foodie here because the food is so good. Man, I can believe it, man. So, Desi, man, let's jump into this into this interview, man, and let's talk about graffiti blues. So, what inspired yes. the theme for your latest album, Graffiti Blues? All right. So, the theme I touched on it a little bit. So, I'm really inspired by comic books um, and video games. So, there was this video game I played growing up called Jet Set Radio and Jet Set Radio Future, and it was on um, the Sega Dreamcast and um, in the Xbox. So the concept behind that game where there are these kids or teenagers and they took aspects of hip hop culture and they took aspects of underground culture and like alternative culture and put it together and they would spray graffiti. And it was their way to kind of fight back against this. Um, the, the government in the game was doing some crazy stuff. I can't really get into the politics of I can't remember. I ain't played it in so long, but they spray graffiti as a way to express themselves. Um, a lot of their beliefs and a lot of their uh, artistic expressions are being suppressed. So that's what they did. They they spray graffiti. And of course, they had the little graffiti gangs and whatnot. But I thought that was cool because of the animation style and how they incorporated aspects of hip hop, like the little characters be b-boying in the game and spinning on their heads and stuff. And I thought that was cool because this was like the early 2000s and nobody was really doing stuff like that. And so in the back of my mind, I was like, I would love to do something like that when I got older. And I just like how they had such an expression with the music and they incorporated with graffiti. And so graffiti is one of those aspects of hip hop that is so widely recognized. We see it everywhere we go, but a lot of times we don't think much of it. We just kind of be like, oh, that's cool. We'll take a picture. We don't really know who made the graffiti. We don't ask who made it. And, you know, graffiti is always a way to express themselves. You know, it was a way to tell stories about what was going on in the hood, especially during the early 1970s when everything was going on in New York and all the stuff that was happening, they would spray graffiti and they would talk about, you know, stuff that was happening in the neighborhoods or, or express themselves. But, you know, it just becomes a piece of art on the wall. It looks cool, but it becomes a piece of art on the wall. And that's how it's felt my career. You know, and I don't mean that in a vain way. I mean, it like, you know, I've worked really hard with what I've done, but sometimes it feels like the work I've done, it just got unnoticed. And there'll be people that say, hey man, you're dope. Or, hey man, you're cool. And hey, man, you know, I like what you got going on. And they'll just kind of leave it at that. And I'll feel like graffiti in the background. And so um, I just got frustrated. I had got to a point in my career where I felt like, man, well, nobody's really paying any attention to me. And, you know, nobody's noticing what I'm doing. And so this this concept is like if graffiti kind of could sing the blues, like these are the graffiti blues. Like this is me, no matter how, whatever I do, it seems to go unnoticed. And then as a believer, sometimes we feel like we're graffiti you know we're the salt of the earth we're here to make a difference you know and the bible says that we're supposed to suffer for his name's sake and it says that we're going to endure persecution but you know we don't really think much of that till we start going through it and so sometimes it feels like no matter what we accomplish as christians you know we just kind of graffiti in the background that people take pictures next to or you know maybe somebody go paint over it and so this album i wrote it in a way to her like you know what well if i am graffiti in the background and nobody's paying attention to me then i'm just going to do whatever i'm going to do i'm not going to worry about it i'm just going to keep creating i'm going to keep making whatever i make and express myself graffiti has lots of colors graffiti has all kind of different bright hues and different designs so i was like instead of holding back 
and compartmentalizing all the different gifts that God has given me, I'm just going to do it and just make this album like a mural. I'm just going to make whatever I want to make and do it and create it in hopes that it would inspire other people and hopes that it would inspire other believers and other creatives that are in this space. And I wrote it specifically for Christian hip hop. I'm not really worried about what's going on mainstream. I feel like there are people within Christian hip hop who are holding back the gifts that God has given them. And they're so worried about trying to chart or, or be mainstream. And it's like, no, nah, man, like, don't do that. Like, just create what God has given you, you know, make it. Don't worry about formulas. Just just do whatever it is that God has laid on your heart. And that's what this album is about. So that's why there's so many different sounds, so many different colors and so many different ways that songs are put together, because I, I, I thought less of, you know, if, if I, well, I got to retract. If I am that graffiti, so to speak, then people who spray graffiti aren't worried about what you think. They're just going to spray and do whatever they're going to do because they're expressing themselves. And so that's what this project is about. Man, that's a dope concept. I, I would I would I would further ask dealing with the frustrations of not being noticed, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. the way you broke that down with graffiti, like we're so used to seeing it on trains and walls and that it mm -hmm. goes unnoticed a lot of times after we pass it. So your creative process to get out of that, to get to where you're at now to create the album, give me some of the influences over your creative process or during your creative process to go ahead and of put course. this material out. Man, so really honestly truly it started with it started with worship and I don't and I mean that in a non-cliche way if possible. I was challenged by some people in my life to say why don't you invite God into your creative process? And that's something honestly I never did. I would pray, I read my word, and I would see God. But when I write my songs, I'd pray and be like, God, help me write the song. But I never really was like, Holy Spirit, how do you think I should approach this hook? Or Holy Spirit, what do you think about this line right here? Or Holy Spirit, this beat sounds dope, but I'm having trouble with it. Could you help me? And when I started doing things like that, one, it created a certain level of intimacy between God and I that I never had before, because now I'm allowing him to be a part of something. He's the grand creator. So if he has any idea on how to create, he knows how. And so to me, I was like, well, if all these other secular artists are smoking weed and popping pills and drinking and stuff in order for them to get their inspiration, how come I'm not consulting the most creative being in the entire universe to give me mine? So it started with that, inviting him into the whole, inviting him into the studio and invite him into the writing process. And then I would ask him like, well, who should I listen to? Because I need creative inspiration. So he started directing me to certain people to listen to and who not to listen to. And that's just my own personal walk with him. So it started with that. And then two, I would say, as far as where the inspiration for the music came, my wife and I started working together. And so my wife came to me and she was like, well, I wanna help write music with you. You never really asked me. So then I was like, oh, okay. So oh, then she's, she was like, she had her inspirations. She was like, well, have you ever thought about listening to 80s music or listening to more of this type of music? And had I not prayed and had myself open, available to the Holy Spirit, I know me. I get into that mindset where she don't know what she's talking about, you know, or they don't know what they're talking about. But because I was so willing to be open, I was like, you know what, babe, that's right. So we started listening to a lot of like 80s music, a lot of like 
certain like now now i had to pray before because i was like god i don't want to be like listening to certain songs and they take me to a place but no it was like god led me to like um a lot of the the pop sound and 80s music i was listening to that i just would hit a song and if it didn't feel right with my spirit i would i would skip it but then you know i got into like what was it on um, tears for fears i was listening to them really heavy i was getting into um the pet shop boys they was like you know one of those new wave type artists i was listening to them and listening to how they wrote the songs and how simple they were and then um as far as like some like some prince music some of the prince music that's clean like um i think he had an album called around the world in the day and they had a song on there called pop life and uh surprisingly like i got to like outcast like at aliens by listening to like the edited version you know like you know because i don't want all that cussing and stuff like i don't want to hear all that um (laughs) listening to that and how they wrote the songs and it was amazing because as i was listening to it it was like my ear was bypassing a lot of the stuff i used to hear but kind of hearing how the song was constructed and being put together and so my wife was helping me and so um what jumped the whole project off I was working at um, a grocery store as an assistant front end manager and the Gnarls Barkley song Crazy came on and it was like Holy Spirit hit me and he was like, what if you did something like that? I was like, okay, you know, I had to pray and make sure I was like, you know, and so I, I thought about it. I came home and talked to my wife and then we started looking up some stuff that kind of sounded like that and we came across the scene that song before B and it was like, instantly ideas started coming and my wife told me she was like don't worry about what everybody else is doing just focus on what you're doing right now and that's how we started writing the songs we would be in the car playing the beats and writing the songs and I just took a step away from everything I couldn't even tell you what was going on in Christian hip-hop at the time you know because uh I was so taken away and that that's how the creative process went and I stopped thinking about how it sounded and just think more about man well i'll ask the holy spirit like okay well what are we gonna do today you know what what kind of song we gonna create today and when we approached it from that space man we had so much fun because it wasn't about trying to make a hit song it was just trying to make good music and express ourselves Mm, man that's so dope man so that's a big thing we can see that your faith influenced your creative process and i love what you said the holy spirit you allowed the, you let the Holy Spirit in. It started in worship, right? So do you think that could be a problem with our Christian hip hop artists? Man, you know, I can't speak for anyone else because I don't want to be one of those people. But when the Bible says that he's our comforter and that he he's there for us, he's our advocate, I was challenged to really take that seriously. And that as a creative and as an artist, if he is the master creator, why wouldn't he want to be a part of that process? And I believe that in a way we would grieve the Holy Spirit because if somebody's really intimate, it was like when my wife told me, she was a little hurt because she was like, you never really, you never really asked me to be a part of that process. You never really asked me to help you write music. And I know if that grieved my wife and hurt her, I can only imagine how it would grieve the Holy Spirit. And so um, I would say definitely inviting the Holy Spirit, because I don't know if there's some people who believe, you know, there's some people who don't believe Holy Spirit moves like that anymore. Um, But I definitely would say it would make a difference because 
you will be focusing on allowing Holy Spirit to move you and, 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 and help you and navigate you. And a lot of egos will get stepped to the side. You know, you wouldn't be focusing on trying to make hit records. You'd be just focusing on what God's wanting to do with you. At least from my perspective, I can't speak for everyone else. Yeah, that's a great answer. I know, you know, I listen to a lot of Christian hip hop and it's almost like, and I'm not trying to pull you in this either, but it's almost like you can tell when somebody allows the Holy Spirit to take over or somebody, like you said in the beginning, that's maybe shooting not to influence a soul spiritually, mm -hmm. right? With God the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit or trying to get views, clicks, mainstream. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so mm -hmm. uh, man, I'm, I'm gonna give a shout out to you for that and for your wife because the yes. Bible says that we are one and yes. for the Holy Spirit to communicate that with you. And, and I know how it is when, because I feel like Christian rappers go through a battle. They battle the flesh because you want to have the tightest bars. That's rap. Mm -hmm. And then you're fighting with the spirit sometimes mm -hmm. because you have to be humble. <laughs> you have to be yeah. tight, but you have to be humble. So yes. inviting your wife in to the process and everything, I think that's dope, man. Man, yes. Like my wife, she she will tell me like, no, that's not it. She'll be like, I don't know how I feel about that. And being humble enough to hear her because she is one with me has helped. Like she helped write seeing this all before. She helped influence a lot of those records on there. She picked some of the beats out and it brought a side of my artistry out I never thought I would see and she she told me when we were writing it she was like stop thinking of yourself as a rapper think of yourself as an artist and that really mm. helped me during the process of, of making this yes sir amen and you are listening to the bookkeeper 247 podcast with our special guest today Desi Yates when we come back after these messages we'll be hearing more from Desi and his album Graffiti Blues Attention everyone. Groundbreaking development in the gaming and music world. Christian rapper Desi Yates has made history by featuring on the Street Fighter VI soundtrack, marking an unprecedented fusion of faith and gaming. In other major news, Intellect has just released a contender for Record of the Year, I'm Sorry, featuring the talents of Mitch Durail and one of Christian hip-hop's most formidable MCs, Dre Murray. It's not just a song, it's an experience you can't afford to miss. Recently, we had an insightful session with West the Tech in episode 31 of the Bookkeeper 24-7 podcast, hosted by the ever-charismatic Daryl Kemp. If you missed it, catch up now. Heads up. Keep your eyes peeled for our upcoming exclusive interview with Christian rapper Amar, hot on the heels of his latest EP release, Sprinter. And before you go, make sure to sign up for our newsletter you'll get exclusive insights into the gripping novel, The Pamela Douglas Story, a part of the Bloodlines of Redemption series, penned by our very own Daryl Kemp. We need your help. Spread the news and help us change the culture for God through media. Stay updated, stay informed, and stay blessed. Welcome back to the Bookkeeper 247 Podcast family, where we are sitting down and chopping it up with Desi Yates. Man, I want to get back to this graffiti blues now. Mm -hmm. 
how do you see the intersection of hip hop culture with graffiti skate culture, especially in the context of your album? Man, so a lot of people don't know, but I I got into it's it's all about well, it's all about that I guess you could say the rebelliousness. You know, people who are skating, people who got into skateboarding, you know, they had like this rebellious flair to it. And um, it's underground. And there were a lot of kids who, at least from when I was growing up, who maybe couldn't rap, but they um they liked skating and they liked the aspects of it. Um, hip hop and skating and graffiti, man, they've been around since, I mean, even the Tony Hawk video games I played growing up, mm -hmm. it would have like Public Enemy on there. It would have like uh, Rage Against the Machine, who was like a rap rock group. They would have like a lot of underground hip hop, especially in the 90s skate videos. They would have like underground hip hop songs playing. Um, so they've actually been kind of close together because they're, I, I would say the cultures are kind of like distant cousins almost. And so um, graffiti it's just it's this beautiful expression of of people living in environments who don't know how to express themselves people who may not can rap to be fairly honest i think graffiti came first if i'm not mistaken in the elements of hip-hop i think graffiti was actually one of the ones that was first before the um the dj and then the breaking came and so obviously the mc couldn't be there without the dj so if i'm not mistaken i think graffiti was first you know and it was the expression of everybody that was down and then that's when the block parties came and so I think it's I think it's dope. I think that it goes to show just how far hip hop culture is and how there's so many subcultures of hip hop. Like, you know, there's the break in the graffiti, there's the DJ and then there's the MC. But then you have like all these other cultures that kind of like became adopted into it. And you have people that skate, do skateboarding, you know, people who do inline skating or whatnot, and they 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 found their way into it and then like uh DMC from Run DMC was saying like hip hop and punk rock were actually really close to each other in the, in New York like when he was playing Beastie Boys was playing and you know punk rock is lined with skating and all the other type of stuff and DMC was saying like there would be no rap without rock and like you know it's 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 kind of crazy when you trace the roots how they, it kind of all comes together so I, I think it's dope man that's what's up you mentioned feeling like your career has been like graffiti in the background. Can you share more about this sentiment and how it is and how it has influenced your music journey? Yes. So for those people who who who've been following the journey that God has had me on, I've been doing music since recording since 2007, but I haven't didn't really put out anything serious till 2011. And I had a I've had a manager I've been blessed as not just a hip hop artist, but as a dancer to um, teach at dance studios. I've won citywide talent shows back at home in Columbus. I've had my music featured on the radio. Um, God has opened so many doors. I did the 2013 BMI Urban Showcase where I got to open up for Currency. Big Crit was there, Tiana Taylor was there. There was some artists that was there. You know, I've done things through Rapzilla and was able to submit music and done things for labels. But the reoccurring theme it seemed for me was like, I was always good enough to be noticed and recognized. And then people would be like, you're talented, you're dope. But it was like, it was never, it was never, I could never get to that, to that door, so to speak. 
and it just became frustrating over time because it was like dang am i really like am i that bad you know i believe in the prophetic and i believe that this is something that god has given me i've had so many words of knowledges where people would be like you know god boom, 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 boom you know people i didn't even know so it wasn't like i was chasing this thing even after i stepped away from my manager in 2013 god was like i still want you to do this and just continue to pursue but it just felt like no matter how hard i tried i was always either missing out on a trend i couldn't catch on with it i was always mentioned but you know people just kind of pushed me to the side i would connect with people people would say oh you're cool you're dope and they were only kind of bring me out whenever they wanted to use me and they never really wanted to have anything else. And I would notice people around me that would just take off. Like, you know, they would just do all, they would just keep taking off. And I just, I was frustrated because I was like, man, I know I'm not trash. You know, I'm not, I, I'm not arrogant. I don't want to say I'm the best, but I was like, nah, I know I'm not trash. Like I'm looking at some of these people and I'd be like, I don't know how you got here. Like, and I don't even mean that on like a, I'm looking at God like much you must got something special for them because I'm like I don't I don't I just don't know like you know I try to be the best when I write you know I try to be the best when I dance you know when I made it to Vegas on So You Think You Can Dance I made it all the way to the top 200 and I just knew this was it and I got cut the first day I broke down crying in the in the in the, in the hotel room because I was like God why does it seem like you just keep teasing me like you keep telling me and showing me and everybody sees this whatever it is but it just feels like i'm just in the background and so that's what the idea of graffiti is for my career like i'm i'm painting i'm doing all these crazy murals and i'm over here and people are like oh that's cool they'll take a little picture and then they'll walk by nobody ever checks up underneath to see who wrote it you know underneath each graffiti piece is always a tag name nobody ever cares about a tag name nobody ever is like man i wonder who Slickum boy is or I wonder who you know who nobody ever cares about that they're just like oh that's cool and so it feels like that's what it's been for me and so coming into this season I just was like God I can't be worried about what people think and if if I'm just gonna be graffiti on the wall and if it, it and if it's just that way for me then it, it's just gonna be that way but I can't let that hinder what you're doing in me and I can't let that hinder the creative process because graffiti artists, the moment they start caring about what people think about their pieces, it kind of defeats the whole purpose, you know? So they, you know, I guess that's the beauty of graffiti. Nobody knows who you are, but when they walk by and they see it, they have to acknowledge it. And so I was like, okay, God, if that's how it's going to be, then let me just go and just, let me just go to town. Let me, everything I've been holding back over all these years, all the ideas I've had, let me just put it out and let me just use this canvas and create and not worry about a box or anything like that. Amen. Amen. So when I'm looking at your cover art, right, your album cover, <laughs> right, explain mm -hmm. to me your album cover and what does average hero have to do with graffiti blues? All right. So I didn't wear the hero mask today, partly because my kids got a hold of it. <laughs> <laughs> And then um, I just, uh, Average Hero is, so let's, the album cover was, was made by my homie Rockmo. So he lives out in California and he is actually a lover of the space. He loves Christian hip hop and he's an artist. He's in, he was actually inspired by Street Fighter. So that particular art style was based off a Street Fighter video game. I think Street Fighter 3, if I'm not mistaken, one of them, but he's really inspired by that particular style. 
And so the it is based off Japanese style comic books. The, we wanted to make it look like the front cover of a comic book. And so there's me and then there's the average hero and I have a graffiti can. And so obviously the graffiti can is me. That's that's the symbolization of like me making music, me, you know, being rebellious and not caring about what people think anymore. And I'm just going to spray and I'm going to create what I want to create. And so the average hero, I would say, is like me embodying the idea of not it's, it's not about me. It's not about it's it ultimately in the end. That's the the secret, the superhero or secret identity that I have, you know, where. The idea came 10 years ago, well, actually, no, 2010. A friend of mine named London, he was working at a radio station at the time, and he heard my passion for music. He's like, man, you got like this superhero type drive, but you're just a regular person. So you're like an average hmm. hero. And so he was like, you know, you don't have any superpowers. So he was like, but you kind of fight crime with your music, so to speak. So it sounded corny at first. And I was like, oh. And so then he was like, no, I think it's dope. And so we played around with it. And so finally, over the years, you know, we developed it into a character. My wife, shout out to my wife. She's been very, very instrumental in helping me in this new season. She was like, you need to do something that's going to help set yourself apart. You know, she was like, you know, you make great music, but kind of playing on that graffiti thing. She was like, nobody knows who you are. She's like, you've got to do something to get people to see you. So instead of being graffiti in the background now, I was like, well, what if I do something to draw attention to myself? I don't want to be shocked by you, but she was like, you got to find something. So then I had other family members that were suggesting the same thing. So that's when I was like, well, what if I wore a mask and like MF Doom, rest in peace, he used to wear a mask. And I was like, well, I don't want to be like him. He wore it all the time. And um, the Jabberwocky is one of my favorite dance crews. They wear masks in order to conceal their identities. And I was like, well, I don't want to be like them either. So that's when the idea came was like, Man, what if my career was like a comic book? When we read a comic book, you look at, we see Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. We see him put the mask on and take it off. We see Bruce Wayne is Batman. With MF Doom, we never see him took his mask off. With, you know, the Jabberwockies, we don't never see them take their mask off. They're always the Jabberwockies. I want people to see me turn into this person and then take it off because I want them to go on my journey. Like I'm just an average person. And if we have to assume an identity and whatever it is, I want you to see me put that on and realize that I'm just I'm just a regular person, just like you, you know, and that um, I fight crime in my regular clothes. And when I put the mask on, I want it to be to where you focus more on the art and not me. And so and plus it just helped. It, it, it was a cool way of me when I was writing music to kind of step into something different. You know, I was like, man, you know, you know, it helped me, you know, uh, from a creative perspective, it helped me kind of come up with some ideas. And, you know, I played around with some different flows and cadences. And, you know, I was able to do things I normally wouldn't do because I was the average hero. So, like, you know, it, it was cool. So that's where the whole concept for the cover comes from. Man, that's dope. And what I like is you mentioned fighting crime with your music, right? With your partner was telling you right with that whole concept so mm -hmm. how has the concept of fighting back with music influenced the tracks and lyrics in graffiti blues man um i was taking some jabs like if you listen to the you know i i was taking some jabs it i understand our voices are powerful you know i'm looking back to like chuck d i'm looking back to people in hip-hop the hip-hop is vocal 
it's very confrontational. You know, even with beef rap, I was just listening to, you know, some beef music where rappers are beefing with each other. Um, it's one of those art forms. I was watching this documentary, like when you're singing, there's certain things that you can do with your voice, but it's it kind of restricted. You know, hip hop is poetry. It's spoken. The voice is powerful. You know, like E.T., the hip hop preacher, like he talked about in one post where he was like he was typing one day and he was like, man, what am I on? My voice is what's powerful. It's what touches people. God spoke his voices, what spoke the entire world. So I understand like my lyrics and me speaking them. That's a way for me to fight back. It's a way for me to push back against the darkness. And if people are hearing it and this music's playing every day, you know, over in their ears, there may be some people who don't think that some of the stuff that's happening in the music industry is going on like when i was rapping about certain rappers and like some of the stuff that they do there may be some people who don't know that so mm -hmm. and it also just makes it it makes it aware like you know i know what's going on i have an idea of what's happening and it, it it helped create this narrative to where if you listen to my previous projects i wasn't really talking about that you know but now we get to this one it was like okay what is he on? And, you know, there's a little bit more mm to it. Like, you know, some songs I'm a little bit more like, I wouldn't say abrasive, but I have a little bit more passionate delivery and the little the lyrics a little bit more tongue in cheek. And so because this is that graffiti and because it's rebellious, I just stepped into it. You know, I was like, well, there's nothing wrong with being rebellious. I mean, look crazy album was named Rebel. You know, as long as it's being from a particular perspective, I was like, if I'm gonna fight back with music, then I'm gonna fight. And I'm going to do it in a way that's going to be distinct. And I'm going to say some things to where I'm not trying to get clicks or trying to turn heads. But I mean, that's what hip hop does. You know, rappers get to say stuff other people don't get to say. But instead of me saying stuff that's lewd and, you know, I'm going to use the freedom of speech that was given to me to really like knock people's sense. It's like what it says in Ezekiel, where he was like, you know, if 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 you don't warn if you don't warn them of what's going on the blood is on your hands you know if you tell them what's going on and you paint the picture for them and tell them what's happening and they don't listen then that's on them but if you know information and you know what's going on and you just choose not to tell them you're just as responsible so for some of the stuff that i was saying in the music i was like well i want i don't want to be held responsible if i know certain things i want to be able to encourage people and i want to continue to fight back but not just with the lyrics with the sound man i'm tired of trap beats like i like them but i'm tired of them like you get it i get i get old so i was like man i want to do something that's different i want to do something that's going to make people think like i didn't know i could make music like that you know so seeing this all before and other records on there that sound a little bit different i want people to be encouraged to say maybe mine might not be the one to take off but it might encourage somebody else to make something that just changes the whole world that's what i'm hoping you know Amen. And when I was thinking of fighting back with your music, I was also, I add this, I was thinking about how your words, like a classic scene in Superman is when he flies down and gets the cat out the tree and gives it to the old lady in the window, right? Maybe your mm -hmm. words can save somebody out there yes. from the destruction that they're hearing in the mainstream music, that your yes. words of hope and heaven and just finding the right path in the Holy Spirit, even though it's yes. intertwined within this creative album of yours. I'm hoping that that's how your words can fight back as well. Yes, yes. And I was going to say that you, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. Like that giving people 
hearing the right song at the right time, mm-hmm. hearing the right lyrics, knowing that there's hope, knowing that God can lift you up, hearing somebody like I talked about in one of the songs, I think in Elevators, where I talked about I get to be the thing that I had never seen. You know, I get, you know, uh, I get to be a dad I never seen. I get to, you know, I was like, here's creation, holding creation. You know, you know, I, I get to be a father I never seen. I get to be something that, you know, I, I desperately wanted when I was growing up. And hearing those lyrics, hopes it didn't inspire somebody else. Like, wow, this God bless this man and the capacity to be able to have a son and is redeeming him to fatherhood maybe he can do the same for me you know and even the song no leave of absence freestyle while i was rapping even though i was frustrated the hope those lyrics of hope those lyrics of like no matter what it is god will bring you to the end like don't give up like continue to fight both parallels of pushing it back against darkness by by acknowledging it and shining light but also lifting up people who have been affected by the darkness and bringing that light to them and healing them through lyrics. You know, even if the lyrics are are, are just a fun song to get them through the day, being intentional about that, that's what I wanted all of that to be when I when we wrote it. Amen. And you are listening to the Bookkeeper 247 podcast with our special guest, Desi Yates. When we come back after this messages, we'll be hearing more from Desi Yates about graffiti blues. Into the world of Pamela Douglas, where life is a roller coaster ride of emotions from heartache to hope. Follow Pamela's journey through love, loss, and everything in between in the pages of the Pamela Douglas story by Daryl Kemp. In the first chapter, you'll find yourself transported to the town of Birmingham, Alabama, where the Douglas family grapples with poverty and family tensions. Kemp's emotional intensity paints a vivid picture of the hardships Pamela endures and the tenacity she embodies as she overcomes them. You won't want to put this gripping and inspiring book down. So if you're ready for a journey through the depths of the human experience, join Pamela on her remarkable journey of triumph over adversity. The Pamela Douglas story is a must read for anyone who craves a powerful and moving story that will leave you breathless. For more details, sign up for our newsletter so that you can be alerted when the book drops. Now... Back to the show. Back to the show. Back to the show. Back to the show. To the show. To the show. Welcome back to the Bookkeeper 247 Podcast, family, where we are sitting down and chopping it up with Desi Yates. So as we dive into the first track of the album, Fever, what inspired you to name the opening track of your album, Fever? All right. So um thanks for the snippet that you did on the youtube channel um well (laughs) um so i'm i am a huge pokemon fan that was one of the first games i played growing up as a kid i actually like learned how to read playing that game because it was like you had to like really engage with it it was a role-playing game so it, it wasn't a hard game. I'm surprised I was even able to play it at the age. I was like six or seven when it came out. So like you had to have like an idea of what was happening to play it. And so a lot of my earlier music that I made had lots of Pokemon and video game references, but I kind of chilled out over the years. 
And I felt like nobody really wanted to hear it. You know, I felt like it was corny, but that's just what I grew up with. It's, I, I grew up with that. I grew up playing video games and all those, and that's what really influenced me. So after chatting with some people in my circle that were really telling me like, man, you got something here. And then Omega Sparks talked to me and he was like, man, don't shy away from your influences. There's a crowd of people out there who are like you that are gonna understand you. You know, we hear drug music all day long. I don't know nothing about drugs. Mm. But they playing, talking about, you know, flipping keys and everything. So I was like, well, you know what? That's right. So I wanted people when they heard this song to know straight off the bat what I was on. They knew, like, what is a Firo? You're going to have to listen. And either you're going to be turned off or you're not. And, you know, I want the song is about a, a bird Pokemon named Firo. It's, it's really big. It's huge. And so it has a really great big wingspan. And it's pretty intimidating. And so... When I talk about flying like the wings of a hero, a hero, I'm talking about like my wings, like the, its wings are really, really big. It can fly for long distances. Um, I wanted people to have an idea of like taking them to almost what Tales from the Checker Backpack left off, where I talk about Palatown and me being from Palatown. It's one of the the, the, the the names of the city, the main character from the video game is from, is Palatown. And I made references to that. I wanted to transport people back to there and I wanted people to understand like this is unapologetically me I'm not going to be afraid to run run away and as you go through this journey with me uh through this song I want you to I want you to not to be afraid to take flight like me you know um big dreams big visions you know they told me you know I didn't want to listen to them and so wings like a wings like a fear like me flying so despite all the stuff I went through through all the years as you listen to some of the lyrics and what I was talking about um I've, I've continued to fly I've continued to progress forward I you know mounting up on wings of eagles like it says in the scripture my, my middle name my son's middle name is actually eagle wing which is crazy uh, we mm. named him that based off that scripture just this idea of flying and continuing to fly despite all the setbacks that you have in taking flight and then the beat was real jungly and it was like, it had like this, to me, when I heard it, it sounded like I was going through a jungle. So I was like, I wanted to start people in like this dense, jungly place. And you kind of travel with me and um, you you go on an adventure. That's what it sounded like to me. So that's why I named it that. Amen. And while you was talking, I was looking it up too. Uh, Isaiah <laughs> 40, 29. Yes. It says, he gives strength to the faint. Yes. Yes. And strengthens the powerless. Youths may become faint and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not faint. That's what, yep. That's what that song is about. It's about all the things I went through in life. The Lord continuously keeping me strength and can maintain to me and me just flying through those situations but with like a bunch of pokemon references so it's like that's what that song is about amen for those unfamiliar with pokemon can you explain <laughs> the significance of Firo and its characteristics Firo is very intimidating so like it it when you're playing against it especially in the very first video game it's a big old bird like it's big it's like a vulture on steroids so it's very big and so it's very intimidating and then it can fly for extremely long distances like it can fly for long periods of time 
And if you work with it right in the video game, it could be one of the you know best partners on your team. Some people don't know how to use it, but it just not being afraid, you know, being a lot of Christians are 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 scary. They're intimidated, but we should be the ones that's intimidating the enemy and not be intimidated. You know, when we're flying through the air, despite what's going through with what we've been hit with, we should just progress and continue to move forward. And that Pokemon really stuck out to me because it it's a huge big old bird. It flies. It it's it's not a it's not afraid. You can't intimidate it. Like, you know, and it continues to move forward despite whatever setbacks you may throw its way. And so that's the significance of the idea for this particular song. And it's like, like I said, wings of a Fero. When you think of a Fero, if you if you're in that Pokemon thing, it's a big bird. So if I got big wings, like I'm I'm flying, I'm soaring, I'm going places, and you know, um, I'm not afraid to, I'm not afraid of whatever may be coming my way. I'm I'm going to continue my journey of what the Lord has put me on. Amen, amen. So let's talk about hero, bitch. Yes. The Bible verse, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if mm -hmm. we do not give up. Galatians 6 9. Yes. It seems to play a role in this track. How mm -hmm. do you interpret this verse in the context of your life and music? Man, so when I first heard the beat, I immediately resonated with the hook. You know, it was it was very like First, it was very hip hop y, very boom bappy, but I like that it was talking about having a consistent vision and a consistent, like, maintaining a specific vision, maintaining a specific and precise way of doing things. And this is what Paul talks about in the scriptures you know, don't grow weary in well doing. He talks about it being a marathon and not a sprint. He talks about, like, beating your body in submission every day and not losing sight of what what has for you and even even just in faith you know like if, if we're praying for it and we believe you know and, and staying true to what god has given us if you look at the stories of faith like abraham was promised a child he had to wait 25 years like he was consistently believing what the lord has told him and he didn't shift you know he continued to keep it that's what inspired that song like maintaining a heroic vision and what God has given me, there are so many chances to sell out. There are so many mm. chances to let temptation take me out. And to be honest, there was times where I was indulging in temptation. And if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit and people surrounding me, I would have failed. It's like what the Psalm said. I forgot what Psalm was. He was like, I would have slipped. I would have failed if it wasn't for you. I almost slipped. I almost failed. So even though like the Lord having a heroic, you know, having a vision for me, we, even when I didn't know what my vision was. So it's almost like a double entendre. And so the verses are just me. The first verse is kind of me talking about, you know, me saying, you know, all the different things I've done, all this, while they were chasing certain things, I continue to maintain focus while they were chasing likes and, you know, throughout the blog eras and the mixtape eras and all that, all these different eras, like I, I've just continued to keep the vision the same. What is the vision? It's kingdom first. It's maintaining integrity. It's, it's being authentic with your music. It's it's saving souls. It's inspiring. It's being what I saw when I first got into music and never letting that get to me and never letting that knock me down. And so the second verse is kind of me speaking in a position to where it's like, I said, they're giving Grammys to who? I ain't concerned with that. It's kids laying off in the street praying for firmer backs. It's like mm -hmm. my, you know, a vision of 
I can't be concerned with that. Like, what's a Grammy when you got kids out here who are homeless? You know, they ain't got nothing to eat. And I'm over here stressed because I didn't get a Grammy nomination. You know, I can't mm. let little silly stuff like that knock me out. You know, I can't let, you know, girls over here trying to get up on me. You know, not that that's happening now. I'm not going to cap and say that's going on. You know, but, you know, it gets to a point to where girls are trying to come and talk. Like, I got a wife and I got kids. Why would I throw that all away for something that's only momentary? You know, just maintaining that vision and maintaining what God has given me, you know, and uh, reassuring myself. Like I said, I'm the one with the magic, like I'm a Grady. You know, I'm just kind of like, I was talking my talk a little bit, <laughs> but it was like just reaffirming myself, like, you are who God created you to be. You don't need anybody to pat you on the back. Just stay focused, you know. And so when people hear that song, I want them to kind of like whatever hero vision that they have, you know, stay the path, stay the course. Don't 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 stray. Like, you know, it, it, it's it's easy to get caught off to the wayside, you know, but stay in the focus, even if it's 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 years, continue to stay pressed in because that's what determines you know the the weak from the strong yes sir and that same song you touch upon the ideal of integrity in the music industry how do you mm -hmm. navigate the pressures to conform to god's standards and not the world's man well one if you're not praying i don't know what you're gonna do if you're you have to have a prayer life and you have to have yourself surrounded by people um that are going to help you and the music industry is is it's it's i was listening to a lecrae video it's like 10 against one you're stepping into a place where you're the only one and if it's 10 against one like he said and you're in a rope pulling contest a tug of war they're gonna win so you have to position yourself to where it's more of you you know the bible says like you know jesus sent them out in twos so like having us having a group of people that are around you that are going to help you that's the only way you're going to be able to maintain your integrity and then also being open like you know us in our relationship and other relationships if there's times i've fallen i'm open about it and i'm like hey this is what i'm dealing with because i understand that it's it's the little foxes that come in and destroy everything like the bible says it's the little bitty things you know people just don't fall into adultery because it was some girl that walked by. It's the little DMs, it's the little comments, it's the little likes here, it's the little scrolling late at night here. It's that that leads to that. It's the little compromises here where mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit tells you like, I don't think you should do that. Or maybe somebody in your circle tells you, maybe you shouldn't go that direction. And you ignore those convictions. And then, and then it builds up and next thing you know, you had an industry party and they doing all kind of crazy stuff. So adhering to the Holy Spirit and keeping people around you is what's helped me and realizing like, that's not for me. Like I, you know, I don't, I don't have to partake in that. Like God has something over here for me and learning to say no. Um, it, it's, it sometimes the idea in our head tells us we can't, but to be fairly honest, like just, just know I can't do that. You know, I'm, I'm cool on that. I'm not going to do that. And you'd be surprised. A lot of them be like, okay, cool. You know, they'll just find somebody else yeah man that's dope you got to keep the vision too and and i'm i'm gonna ask this question even though i know the answer so with the struggles of chh right being a christian mm -hmm. in hip-hop people don't like the support financially mm -hmm. how big is the battle of not going mainstream when you know you tight enough to go mainstream Man, it is very hard. It's like 
it's it's hard when you know I could just make one song, especially when you have people who are connected to that place and you can you know all you would have to do is just say one thing and, and you know you could get there. You know, even when you've had brushes with it, you know, it's kind of like when you you got old that old faithful girl that you know you just call her up and she's gonna be right there, or the old faithful guy, or you know, you just one call away to get it's it's like that. And so it's frustrating. It's very, very frustrating. What helps me though is maintaining like, all right, Lord, is it's not about that. I have to tell myself that. You know, what I'm dealing with, the suffering that I'm going through now, like what scripture says, cannot compare to the reward and the inheritance that's coming. Yes, it's frustrating knowing that I can literally make one song or make an album or switch things up like that and instantly get over there. But I don't want But what is a profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? Um, scripture talks about how Moses it said Moses chose to endure the suffering in the wilderness than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin for a season in Egypt. And people don't like like think about it from that perspective. Moses had it all. The Bible doesn't go in detail, but I mean this man was literally set up to be the next pharaoh. Egypt at the time was the most richest country, most powerful country in the world. I'm pretty sure Moses. When we come back after these messages, we'll be hearing more from Desi and his album, Graffiti Blues. We have a new way you can seed with the bookkeeper247.com to help us grow. Head over to the website, click the merch button, and pick out our newly, better quality design t shirts. Enter the promo code behind the mic and get 10% off of your purchase. Also, you can help us grow by dropping a comment and sharing the podcast. Make sure you hit the subscription button to be notified for the most in-depth show in hip-hop. This is Kyle Kemp from thebookkeeper247.com. Music represents our uniqueness, our freedom, and helps define who you are. Good music is art, expression, and good music is always personal. The Bookkeeper 24-7 understands the influence music has on our lives. So on our website, we have the best Christian music for the culture. If you'd like to submit your music or videos to our website, we have the link in the show notes. Now back to the most in-depth show in hip-hop with my dad on the Bookkeeper 24-7 podcast. I'm pretty sure Moses had access to whatever he wanted to have access to. And being in the desert, walking around, sweating, dealing with folk, that tells me that God is worth every bit of it. So that's what helps motivate me. Like, that's not, it's not worth it. It, it. it may seem like it's worth it, but it's not worth it. And then when the Lord comes through and gives you something like Sonic Boom, well, you didn't have to work, it lets me, okay, God, you got this figured out. You know, you, mm. you got it worked out. Yes, sir. I love that. I love that. Man, moving forward in the album, Elevators. Yes. <laughs> How did Outkast, particularly the AT Aliens album, 
shape mm-hmm. your musical journey? Man, that album is something my dad played all the time growing <laughs> up. I'm from Georgia, so we were an hour and a half away from Atlanta. So everything Outkast did trickled down to Columbus. And it's just one of those albums. We was on the playground singing the, the hood, me and you, your mama and your cousin too. Like that was something that we sung. And I, you know, it, it, it it's a part of like my artistic DNA. Like that, that album in particular, like, you know, all the other Outkast albums I like, but it was just something about that album. And then the front cover was a comic book cover. Like it was really dope. So that's also what helped inspire my cover was the comic book cover. Um, I feel like the production on it and, and, and the way that they rapped and the stories that they were telling, it really spoke to me as a kid. It was always alien, atmospheric sounding. Everything was dope about it. And um, to me personally, I feel like Andre was at his tightest on that album. Like Andre was snapping like <laughs> big boy. They were going back and forth. Like you couldn't tell who was who. And you can go back to that album today and peel back some of the layers and some of the stuff that they were saying, like, um, like when Andre was like saying shh, shh, softly, as if I play piano in the dark, found a way to channel my anger not to embark. I was like, oh wait, like, like just the way he was saying that stuff. So, um, I want since from from me being from Georgia, it was like, man, I want people to, you know, I want to pay homage to that song, you know, the concept of elevators going up the lyricism, those flows that they did. And I wanted to remind people, I was like, people from Georgia think we just trap beating and all that. Like, no, man, like we got to go back to Goody Mob. You got to go back mm-hmm. to Outkast. I mean, even Pastor Troy to, you know, a little bit like some of his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> some of his stuff. But like, you got to go back to like, you know, we were some dudes that was snapping back then. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to nudge people. T.I., like, I wanted to nudge people and show them like, you know, hey, you know, this is where I came from. And then just to flip the concept of elevators going up, like God is lifting me up. He's, he's, he's moving me. I'm going up despite everything that's going on. And like I said, what I do is life and death. What I do is not a sport, you know, just playing off that idea of like, there's more to this music than just me getting on this microphone and trying to rap battle you or be the best. It's like, no, literally life and death is, is at, is in the tongue. So what I'm doing is either causing somebody to live or die. So I take what I do very seriously. Yes, sir. That's what's up, man. Man, you got me ready to go back and slam some Cadillac doughs, man. <laughs> In real, real, um, real quick, real short story. We was actually at the Impact back in the day in Nashville at the Opryland mm-hmm. Hotel and Goody Mob was right next to us. Man. Yeah, and I remember you just took me back down memory lane because I remember copping <laughs> that uh, Greg Street mixtape with T.I. and Goody Mob and all them on there, right? And I think Ooh. that's the first time I heard T.I. He came knocking at the door at the end mm-hmm. of that Goody Mob track, right? And and came on in there. But that was the first time I ever heard, you know, T.I. Mm-hmm. Man, see, people don't know, man. Like, they don't know. Like, so that's what <laughs> I wanted. It was, it was a way for me to go back to, despite me being out here in Phoenix, like, uh, one of my very first producers I worked with, his name is Two Degrees. He grew up uh, in church with me. And so he he was one of the first people to believe in me, like the very first person to work with me and make music with me. And he helped me with my first mixtape and first project that I did. And he told me, he was like, after he heard me rapping and all the music I made, 
I was telling him I like Kanye and I told him I like Lupe. He was like, you a Southern rapper. I was like, I ain't no Southern rapper. And he was like, you a Southern rapper. <laughs> he was like, you got it in you. And so he, 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 I remember he told me to listen to a bunch of Southern hip hop albums. And at the time I got into Big Crit and I was like, oh, okay. I see what you're talking about. And so I just wanted to make sure like, that's a cornerstone of my music. Just that's, that's that where I came from. Amen. And you talk about life and death of the tongue in that, in that song. And also in that song, what touched me is you touched upon the role of fatherhood. How yes. has being a father influenced your music and outlook on life? Man, my son listens to everything I play. He raps my lyrics back. He knows my songs better than I do. And um, he knows my songs better than I do. And that's scary. So I know if my son is rapping these songs, other kids are rapping these songs, and he'll ask me, Daddy, what did you mean when you said this? He's only five, but he's asking and he's breaking the lyrics down. So if my son at five years old is breaking lyrics down and 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 laughing at some of the lyrics I'm saying, because he's like, Daddy, that was silly. At first I was like, oh, that's cool. Then it shocked me and I was alarmed because I was like, if my five-year-old can understand mm. this, other five-year-olds can understand this. So what are we feeding to our kids? What are they mm. listening to? Mm. And so it gave me a chance to be able to make music with the intention of my son's going to hear this and it be the dad I never got. You know, I my, my stepdad was there for me and it was because of him. He shaped me and he shaped a lot of the music that I made. You know, going back on it, I don't know why my dad was playing. Eminem, <laughs> when I was eight, eight years old, <laughs> the explicit version. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um, I'm just like, you know, I, I get a chance to be something I never saw. I get to pour into my son, and I get to be I get to be there for him and be there with him. And so it means a lot to me, especially when I hear my son singing my lyrics back to me. It's like, wow, he's really cognitive of what's going on. He can understand the lyrics and I need to be very careful of what I'm doing. But then at the same time, I'm like, if I can shake my son with my lyrics, how many other sons and daughters can I shake with my lyrics? Where that might be the only Jesus, the only positive message they ever hear. So, you know, that's really, really encouraging for me. Yeah, and I love you saying that. And I'm gonna jump script because I'll be talking to the older saints a little bit, right? And mm -hmm. they tell me, and I ask them, well, what are you playing? What are your grandchildren listening to? What are your kids listening to? They're listening to hip hop. We're in the 50-year reunion when everybody thought it was gonna be uh, here today, gone tomorrow, right? And mm -hmm. we know what Satan role was before he got booted out of heaven, right? So exactly. we should know that the importance of music, and you hear a lot of people that say, I just listen to the beat and not realizing that the spiritual side of the music that they're feeding you is tearing and eating at your soul. Why do you think yes. women play music when the baby's in the womb and things like mm -hmm. that? So I love hearing you expand on that about your son already breaking down lyrics at the age of yes. five. And I don't think that a lot of parents get that what they're listening to mm -hmm. is and is affecting their children for the here 
now and the later on in their life yes yes it is it's, it's it's it scared me because i didn't think my son was paying attention to it he was singing them but then he was like well daddy why did you say this or daddy why did you say that i was blown away because it's like what he knew what that is he he knew what that word was he knew what those words are i've got to be very careful about not just what i say around the house but the music I play in the car and what I'm rapping, not just for the sake of my kids, but for the sake of other people's kids. Amen. So we're going to move it on out, man, with a couple of more songs or move it on forward. Capsize. Yes. Yeah, you pulled out the big guns and, and capsize, right? <laughs> so you played with the word cap in the song. Mm-hmm. How did you come up with the word play for that? Man, um, shouts out to my producer because that was a beat he sent me. I didn't know, know what to do with that. That's not normally something I would rap on, but he was like, just try. So I spent forever trying to rap to that beat. And I don't know exactly what brought about that song. I can't give you the point in time. I don't know what it was, but it was one of those days where I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, I don't know what to do. And so um, I was listening to some... Um, I was listening to some CHH and I was listening to some of the mainstream stuff and you know it's really auto-tuny and you know it has like the wavy type stuff and I was like what if I did that but did it in my way but was kind of poking fun at them mm. you know and like you know like you know kind of poking fun at them and so the idea for Capsize came up to where I was like I'm I'm not like these other rap guys kind of was humming the hook and then um I'm gonna do this till I Capsize where you know a boat Capsize is over you know then that means it's all over but then i was like i want to play more on that like mm -hmm. not just capsize but people capping lying and so i started poking fun of that throughout the lyrics of like all this cap in the music you know it's going to cause you to capsize like all this lying and stuff that you're talking about like i know what you're doing you're not you false claiming you ain't you ain't really that you know i know people who really in the streets like i'm not like that but I got family members back in Tennessee who like really bought that life. <laughs> so like, <laughs> like <laughs> they live that stuff. So it's like, man, you know, if I really wanted to call certain people, I know, who, you know, they could tell me you, you're faking. And so then it was just me building on like, I don't, I don't I'm not going to cap. I started from the bottom, you know, you know, I struggled, you know, I didn't know anybody, you know, like there's the, there's days where I was on my knees where I saw my, you know, on my knees crying out to Elohim. There's days that's like that. You know, I'm not going to cap and lie. You know, I'm going to continue to be at the pace that I'm at and continue to move at the pace that I'm at until God says it's all over. And I wanted, and then, uh, so I made the lyrics. And then when I got in the studio, I think I was listening to like, what was it? It was a song some dude made called Skateboard P by Made in Tokyo. And this song was so stupid, but it was just simple. And he was like, you know, just making noises and whatnot. I was like, man, what? I just did like you know a little high-pitched voice or something like that i sent it over to my producer he about had a fit he was like oh you want something with this one he's like you doing something with this and i was like you think so and he was like people ain't gonna know what to expect because you don't normally make that type of stuff he was like you own something he's like go back and redo some stuff and play with it again so i just went in there and just did my little thing he had slapped some auto-tune on it and some reverb or whatnot and it came out and i was like that don't sound like me at all and so he was like, that's the whole point. He was like, you know, it sounds like, you know, a whole nother part portion of you. So that's where that came from. The beat is dope. He killed the beat. Like yeah. he showed out on it. 
Yeah, he did. And and when I listened to 100 Minutes, right, it seemed like it mm-hmm. tied into the themes of Capsize and Hero Vision. Yes. The song touches on the idea of not being an overnight success. Mm-hmm. Can you share some challenges you faced on your journey to where you are now? Yes. So, I mean, I've been evicted. Um, I've been homeless, um, hungry, you know, some of it because of irresponsible decisions when I first got married. Some of it was just because of economic times. Um, not knowing how I'm going to cause things to come together, um, being skipped over, being told I wasn't going to make it, you know, all these different things. Um, it wasn't overnight. It was very grueling. It was so many no's. But having this idea of like, if God has told me that this is what he has for me, I got all the time in the world. That's what the 100 minutes come for. Like if we're playing a game, a basketball game, like I got 100 minutes on the clock, like to take my shot. I don't got 30 seconds. I got 100 minutes. I can take as long as I want to. So that's where that comes from. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So what would you what advice would you give to any artist, especially when they got the naysayer out there? saying well you ain't made it yet it must not be your calling from god (laughs) they better go read (laughs) they better go read abraham was 75 moses was 40 let's see david was 30 david was called that he was going to be king when he was like a in his teens he didn't get he didn't become king of israel till he was 30 jesus knowing fully who he was did not walk into his calling until he was 30 i mean paul was in the second half of his life after persecuting Christians and then he came and stepped into his ministry. I mean, there's so many stories of people who are up there in age or told, I mean, Noah was a hundred and something building a boat, waiting for it to rain out there looking like a dummy. Everybody was saying what he was doing was dumb. Then if you go to a modern, I guess you could say a secular point of view, Stan Lee was 40 years old when he, when he created Spider-Man 40, he was Samuel Jackson was in his early thirties before he really got a placement I mean, Kanye was like in his late 20s. Jay-Z was about 30 when he started popping off. I mean, there's so many actors that didn't get their break till they were 40. We have an Instagram, easily accessible culture now where we feel like if we don't get it by 20 years old, then it's it's all done and over with. It, it's like people got to really understand like life is a journey. And if God has called you to it, he's more concerned with your character, not the platform the enemy's not concerned with your character he's concerned with ruining your character god's concerned with building your character and if there's somebody who says well you know you ain't got there yet man look when 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 nehemiah was building a wall and sam ballot and them dudes was coming and they was talking all that trash just stay focused on building your wall if it take 13 years then let it just take 13 years. If it take however long it take to get there, you continue doing what you're doing. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Like Abraham believed and continued to have faith and acted on that promise. As long as you're actively engaging on that, God's going to get where he wants to. I'm glad I, I'm, I'm getting things now versus when I was 20. I wouldn't have known what to do. I just turned 32, a birthday, you know, and, you know, like, I'm so thankful that I'm having these things happen now versus my early 20s because I have so much emotional trauma, so much baggage. 
And God knew that. And so by his grace and his mercy, it's like now I'm able to process stuff. If somebody were to come to me and offer me a deal at 20 something years old, man, I wouldn't know what to do. You know, now because of everything I went through, it's different. I'm able to process that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I love it. So seen it all before, right? Yes. You stepped out of your box earlier. You was talking about how your wife helped you do that. One of my favorite tracks ever from you, because <laughs> you was talking about just getting, when you was talking about going through the Holy Spirit to get the concept mm -hmm. for the album, to invite the Holy Spirit in, in the beginning of this conversation. Mm -hmm. And you singing, I thought added another level to your music. Man, tell the people how seen it all before the concept even behind that because I think the concept is super dope. Mm -hmm. So the concept behind it was I was inspired by originally inspired by Nars Barkley Crazy. I heard the song in the grocery store when I was working, and I was like, man, people ain't really doing stuff like that, especially somebody like CeeLo Green from Goody Mob making music like that not really getting that anymore like at least in my opinion so i heard the instrumental a guy named astoria boulevard from england made it and i came across his production and i sat on it for about a year and so i had this idea for a song i wanted to write from proverbs uh proverbs 5 where solomon is talking about um the woman tempting the man and he was like you know honey dripping from her lips and being careful and not to fall into her traps and Dayton had made a song with Stefan Otto called Lips Like Honey. And I really liked the concept. And I was like, man, I really want to do something, but in a different way to where it could, it, you know, it's from Proverbs, but it could be, it could apply to any tempting situation that you've seen before and that you've seen it coming and you know what's going on. And so my wife, we played the beat in the car and my wife and I, the kids are sleeping in the back. And we were riding around Phoenix late at night. And man, one thing I can say, this is a kind of off the script. If you ever get a chance to come to like Phoenix or like Scottsdale at night, man, it's, it's beautiful. Like the mm. desert, the way the sun sets and the colors and all of that and the way the city lights look, it was, it, that was another inspiration for the music, how it felt. Cause I was like, I wanted to write something that had like a nighttime feel, something that had like a very vibrantly pop feel to it. And then we was listening to the 80s song. So all that kind of was stirred in the pot and the Holy Spirit stirred all that up. And then my wife started humming some notes. I started humming some notes. And then we started bouncing back forth one another. And that's when we came up with the idea of seeing this all before. And my wife was like, I don't think you should rap on this one. I think you should just sing it. And so she pitched some lyrics and we went back and forth with it. And I was like, man, it kind of has like a, a hey, y'all, outcast, Pharrell, N-E-R-D type thing. So. What I did was I went and I listened to those songs and I was like, how do I write something simple and not overly complicated? So I listened to how they wrote the lyrics and I just kind of went back and worked on the song and the song just came together so quickly and I demoed it, sent it to my friend and he was like, man, I don't know what you got going on in Phoenix. He was like, but this stuff that you creating is off the chain. And so, so he was like, um, I sent it to some family friends and I eventually worked on it again. My friend who engineers my stuff, he laid some additional vocals on it and he sang some harmonies in the background and added some different things. 
And when he mixed it and he played it back, I was like, this don't sound like me. And mm. what I'm hoping what that record does is, in, but for him to, re- to to be willing to leave all, to be like, to really- When we come back record, after these messages, really we'll be hearing more from Desi and his album, Graffiti Blues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Here's we're gonna get back to that too. Interview. I got a question now though. How mm-hmm. is that a young man having to assume the role Mm-hmm. Not saying you are your dad, but replace mm-hmm. your dad's maybe finances or fatherhood mm-hmm. or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just being a son, but being mm-hmm. a provider looking out for your sister. How much yeah. pressure is that on a young man? Man, it's it's immense. It's immense. And I don't even know if immense can quantify the work, you know, and uh, some of it's self-inflicted, but some of it is just by the efforts of of the parent you know sometimes i don't think the parent really understand what they're asking of the child you know like when my dad left i was seven you know Mm -hmm. and i just remember you know he used to fix things around the house you know Mm -hmm. so when he left i immediately started becoming that person because i used to watch him doing those things you know be like to really push themselves like really push the foundations of their creativity and be like, we can do so much better and we don't need to have a machine behind us to create music like that. I can only imagine what the song would sound like if professional engineers got on it and more it became more polished, but it sounds crazy now. And that's that's the story behind it. Like, you know, I, I, I can't make another one. I don't want to. It's special because we allow Holy Spirit to make it and, and do something like that. So if there's somebody that asked me to try to do it again, I can't because there was very special conditions that created that song. But he takes full control. I, he He's the reason why it jumped off. Like Holy Spirit jumped that whole thing off. And it was just me being obedient to him and the little breadcrumbs he gave me. Like, what if you did this or what if you did that? And then allowing my, my, my wife to help me during the process. Man, like... I'm gonna be mad that song don't blow up because all because <laughs> all the people that helped make that song and I, it, it's awesome like that's it was fun to write and to sing. Yes, sir. Well, I'm telling y'all out there listening, it's an amazing album. <clears throat> Desi, I want you to leave the people with this. Tell us where we can find the album and mm-hmm. tell them what you want them to get out the album. You can find the album on all streaming services, even on my website, desiace.com. If you want to show love and want to purchase it, it's on all streaming services, uh, Spotify, Apple Music. What I want people to get away from this is it's it's raw. It's it's raw. It's, it's, very, it's underground. It isn't as polished as a lot of albums. I'm just going to be completely... It doesn't sound polished. It doesn't sound like one of those albums that came off a conveyor belt. It don't sound like 15 industry people got on it. It's music that's graffiti. It's the piece of graffiti you see on the back wall that's got little chips on it a little bit. It's 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 kind of been, you know, painted over a little bit, but it's there and you can see it. And when you you're driving through downtown and you see that piece and you're like, oh, snap. And you get up on it and you start seeing the little the little nicks and the little things. But when you step back, you see the big grandeur picture of it that's what i wanted it to be 
I want people to be inspired by that. The same way you're inspired by a piece of graffiti and you go home and maybe you want to take a picture or maybe you want to write something. That's what I'm hoping this album does when you hear it. I hope it encourages you with the, with the faith in it. I, I share my journey. You know, I share my pain. I share my frustrations. I'm hoping that helps you in your journey. I hope it helps you to, to, to consider differently. When you hear the different sounds, there's, there's trap sounds, there's alternative sounds, there's boom bap sounds, there's electronic sounds. I'm hoping that stuff encourages you as a believer. And if you're not a believer and you come across, it just encourages you that God is a God of creativity. He's not limited to just one aspect. When he made frogs, he made millions of them with different colors. He made millions of butterflies. He wasn't limited to just one. So as a creative, you know, if God has called you to this, um, and if you're not a creative, whatever God has called you to, I hope it encourages you. I hope it, it's a soundtrack to where when you listen to it, you're just like, man, like I hope you you walk away from it and it encourages you to do something and it, and it lifts you up. And that um that it 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 does something to you the same way my favorite artist did for me. You you walk away and you're left to want to do something to make changes. Yes, sir. And I'm gonna add this family for y'all that's listening. And I'm I'm not even gonna say the name because I don't want to get blacklisted. But these streaming services, they're out here robbing people. I believe it was you, Desi. You either sent me the article. I sent you the article. I can't remember where it was talking about the streaming industry and some of the biggest ones out there is like 0 0.04, mm -hmm. not even a, a quarter on the dollar. And then the major streaming industry, the top 10 biggest artists, when you're still streaming the music, they're still getting... Mm -hmm the streaming, I don't know what you call it, streaming numbers from everybody else, right? So this machine yes. is feeding these artists. So I would just encourage you to go out. If you want to keep these artists afloat, they have families to support, they have children, and their mission is godly. Anybody I interview that I know personally, I, I represent them because I know this brother is out here spreading the word, sharing the kingdom. He's humble. He encourages me. He prays for me and my family. And that's never overlooked, Desi. I just want you to know that. And if you can just reach into your pocket, what is it? Three Dr. Peppers, maybe? Yeah. Them, sodas, <laughs> yeah, them sodas aren't even good for you. Put them sodas down and go buy this young man's album and, and just help him so he can keep creating more good music and more good projects like this. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. And so I will say, since we already on here, there will be a graffiti blues too. We already Amen. got some stuff. We got some <laughs> stuff locked away. We got some things put away. So graffiti blues too will definitely, I can't give it a specific release date, but be on the lookout for graffiti blues too. Yes, sir. Is that some of them tracks I heard you sent me earlier? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I had my fire, tr fire truck alarm. Yes, sir. <laughs> but yeah, and I believe before we close out, you want to make this like a series too, right? A series of mixtapes. Yes, yeah, so I want to do a series. My whole goal is to empty my Google Drive. My wife told me she was like you need to stop holding on to that music so I want I have so much music that we created during this process where we were just creative and we just were allowing God to move 
and instead of me trying to hoard all of it just put it out and um and and, a lot, and keep the same thing of graffiti blues where we just pull from different color spectrums and different types of sounds and we just mesh it together where people can hear it to where instead of me worrying about it sounding too much like this and too much like that it's just like graffiti where there's all these colors that come together to make one picture yes sir so before we get out of here too i'm gonna make this shameless plug we got this ebook about to drop, prayerfully, yes. Lord willing, around Christmas time or mm -hmm. the beginning of next year. And we have a soundtrack that goes with it. And Desi is on the soundtrack for the first soundtrack. And we have my partner, I, I be calling him, get him Jay, but it's Joseph with the coat on. He produced mm -hmm. this EP. We got Hugh Hollow on here. We got TC, the collector. We got Trill Wheel out of Birmingham on here. We got some mm -hmm. uh, spoken word on this soundtrack. So I need you all to go out there and be ready, but sign mm -hmm. up for our email. We're going to be giving away a free download on the soundtrack from Joseph with the coat on that goes with the book. And what this is, y'all see my background in them. We have an artist on the team that Eric Ellens, my wife that y'all going to hear in the beginning of the podcast. She did some editing. My brother's doing some editing. And it's this mm. hard story about this woman named Pamela Douglas. And what I wanted to highlight, I am the author of the book, Daryl mm -hmm. Kemp. And what I wanted to highlight in this book was, so this woman, she's struggling. She made a lot of mistakes. And her child is sitting there seeing this. So mm -hmm. what I wanted to highlight with people is that the circumstances that we're raised in don't always have to be our reality. And right. we cannot keep using the excuses of the environments that we was raised in to do what we want to do when we're mm -hmm. grown. So these, these books and these series, they will be highlighting this. And I'm just going to tell y'all, stay tuned, because some people, it, it's not your typical Christian book. No, it's not. It's not your typical it's Christian book. We're going to have artwork. We're going to have music. We're going to have links. We're going to have a study guide. And I just need y'all to run out and tell your friends. And I know this wasn't a professional plug, but that commercial y'all here with my wife in it, I just want y'all to get ready to sign up for the email so you can be mm -hmm. notified first to get this from us. And I just appreciate you too, Desi. When I ask you, you like, bro, just tell me what to do. So I appreciate you too helping out with this project. Man, guys, I've read some of it. It is gripping. This man is ill with the pen and he is seriously painting a picture of something that we, we especially as African-American people have either seen or dealt with. Please, it's very riveting. The character development is awesome. And I'm excited myself to read the final product. So guys, please, I know I'm going to be getting it. Please get this book, read it, share it with your friends. There's a whole study guide that comes with it. It's the first time I've ever seen something like this. Please, like, put it in your Bible studies. Something like, it's dope. Yes, sir. And I appreciate it, Desi. And it, it, it wouldn't matter if you're on Apple, Android, desktop, laptop, <laughs> iPad, whatever it is, we'll, it'll be available on all that. So I appreciate you, my brother. Anytime. Yes, yes, sir. Well, it's been another amazing conversation with the incredible, talented, 
an inspiring Christian rapper and my brother, my friend, Desi Yates. Before we say goodbye, make sure to follow Desi Yates on his social media accounts to stay updated on his latest projects and upcoming events. You can also check out his latest album, Graffiti Blues, on all streaming platforms and his website and our website as well. And be sure for future projects to pre-save so you can show support and help boost its visibility in the industry. Also, don't forget to check out the show notes for the links Mm -hmm. and more information. Thank you for tuning in to Behind the Mic Podcast. And we'll catch you on the next time. We'll catch you on the next time. We'll catch you on the next time. We'll catch you on the next time.